Jeez, what a year. How are we kicking this off? By eating. I don't know, all our problems are solved by eating. Comfort foods. Comfort foods. Well, I have for us, in the Christmas spirit, some Marks and Spencer's mince pies. This is a very UK thing, isn't it? Yes, definitely. No, no one else in the world does this? Maybe Aussies? I don't know. I couldn't even tell you if someone asked me, oh, what's in a mince pie? Mince. It's not, though, is it? It's <laughs> random fruit stuff. Did you used to like these as a child? No. <laughs> me neither. I hated these too. I didn't hate them. <laughs> oh, I hated them. Yeah, here we are as adults eating them because it's the thing you do at Christmas. Did you have Christmas pudding as a child? Yes. I didn't like it either. Mold wine? <laughs> Mold wine? No, my parents did not play me with alcohol as a child. Actually, we really didn't have mulled wine as a child. Like, I literally wasn't exposed to it until pretty much university. Your family's quite Chinese, isn't it? So you don't really do the Western Christmas. You had Pizza Hut for Christmas. Uh, only when in Hong Kong. So we, no, we still had Santa. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. We have a tree. We didn't have turkey until, until Jenny decided we've got to do this properly. Okay, okay. Yeah, because my family's quite westernised. We totally have a traditional English Christmas with turkey and crackers and Christmas pudding and, I don't know... Hats? Hats. Many hats, party poppers, whistles. We don't have any of those things this year, sorry. Drinking? Drinking. Some drinking, but not that much because... We're still an Asian family. Although, now I've got this Fermotidine stuff. <laughs> Handing it out to everyone this Christmas. All right, let's, let's get stuck into this Wait, wait, what do you expect us to say about the mince pies? They're M&S mince pies. Oh, these mince pies will be amazing. They're just high-quality mince pies? No, they're just mince pies. I don't know. It's just an excuse to eat a mince pie. It's just get into the Christmas spirit. What public service are we doing here? We're exposing all non-UK listeners to mince pies which actually are not very tasty, so maybe you shouldn't eat them. <laughs> well, maybe you would like them. I don't know. I think when you're a child, you taste things much more intensely. And a mince pie is just like too sweet and too sour and like too everything. And then as an adult, you eat it. It's like, oh, this is all right, actually, because all your taste buds have just died and everything is just slowly decaying into nothingness. I or maybe see. you're just more refined. I don't know. It's like you're justifying the Starbucks coffees now. Justifying it in what way? Like the reason they have to be so sweet. And 600 calories. I did have a pumpkin spice latte. Although that's like fall, isn't it? So I suppose I should be having an eggnog latte now. You look thoroughly nonplussed. I don't understand. What was the point of that? Oh, so was that the official beginning of Christmas? Yes. Christmas has officially begun. It's the official beginning of Christmas for the podcast. Thank you. And now we have to sing Christmas carols. Please. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Or, um, actually, it's not a Christmas carol. It's, uh, who sings this? Is it Cliff Richard or something? Christmas time, mistletoe. My family doesn't do mistletoe at all, actually. I had no idea what mistletoe was until I was quite old as well. But you don't do mistletoe now? No. Now I just say, like, humbug. I have no Christmas decorations in my flat. Someone did ask me, are you going to get a tree? And I was like, no, it's Hong Kong. But you're not here. Exactly. That's why I don't bother. You have a tree. You have a tree in. Have a tree in the UK. 
actually, well, we have a tree in the UK. We're actually, we're actually spending Christmas with my sister's in-laws. I assume they'll have a tree. I'm not sure we've bothered to get one this year either. We're just too lazy these days. Christmas is for kids, right? You do Christmas effort for kids. I don't know. We're all grown-ups now. We'll just say humbug. Can't be bothered. So, <laughs> so in that Christmas spirit. <laughs> so you're doing Christmas overseas. Yeah. Overseas again. Overseas, overseas. Overseas, overseas, yeah. Flying back to the UK wasn't enough. Flying from the UK to somewhere else. Madness. Too fancy for me. Sorry. Sorry, Ting. I hope you enjoy your pizza. <laughs> or are you having a traditional English? We're having a traditional English, but we're going to order it in. Who's fancy now? Get you. <laughs> I think that's what my sister's in-laws are doing too. <laughs> okay, one more bit of Christmas administrivia to get out of the way. I've got you a Christmas present. You always give me a Christmas present. It makes me look bad. <laughs> that's why I do it. No, I don't remember your birthday at all, though. I'm just a terrible person. I just don't remember birthdays. I just get it all out of the way at Christmas because it's easy. You only have to remember one date. See, it's Fine. efficient. It's efficient. You get me a birthday present. Yes. But my birthday is so close to Christmas that it's like functionally the same thing. So you don't get double gifting. Do you get double gifting? Mm, it varies. There are people who give me two and there are people who give me just one and go, oh, it's a joint gift. It's for both of them. To be honest, these days, I'm perfectly happy with that. I'd be perfectly happy with no gifts. So don't feel bad. When someone gets you a gift, it's just like, oh, now I have to get them a gift. And after like the stress of trying to buy gifts... It causes me great angst trying to figure out what's an appropriate gift to get someone. But anyway, I've got you a gift. You can tell me if it's appropriate. I even wrapped it nicely. What size is this gift? Uh, in terms of physical dimensions? Yes. It's about the size of a Switch game case. And then maybe five of them stacked on top of each other-ish. Let's see what it is then. Thank you, thank you. Sorry, that sounded a bit abrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get um, anxiety when opening gifts? Yeah, because but this, this is the problem with receiving gifts. Is why it's so stressful because it's just like, oh no, I have to show I'm grateful. I have to show I like this gift, even though this gift might be a terrible burden. But you're a jerk bag, so no one expects you to be terribly grateful anyway. <laughs> what? I'm only a jerk bag to my close friends like you. <laughs> to other people, I'm charming and nice. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I really like this. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that'll be a terrible burden. You know, like you get like, oh, this is like now 1995. You know, just a very bland compilation I, i'd probably quite like that if it was now 1995 imagine i'd be like oh i can remember my youth someone gets me i've got lots of stress now going in <laughs> I look... you can be like thanks i hate it <laughs> i can't do that <laughs> you totally can it'll be really funny then we'll have a really awkward few hours as we continue to record this episode <laughs> i'm just gonna open it Just rip it open. You don't have to be delicate. <laughs> <sighs> so it's a Yoshi Amiibo. Yes. Thank you, Sir Mike. Well, you said you'll buy Amiibo, and I said I will not buy Amiibo, but in the end I bought an Amiibo for you. Seeing as you wasn't the one who's so keen on Amiibo. <sighs> okay. It is actually not just a Yoshi Amiibo. Oh. 
Okay, so it's a Yoshi Amiibo and a SD card. A mega micro SD card. It's, it's the same SD card I bought myself. It's really annoying. It's really annoying. I was going to buy you Smash Brothers, but then I thought that might be burdening you with Smash Brothers and you didn't want to buy it. So if you don't want to use it for games, you can just put it in a camera or something. A 200 gig SD card is a practical gift. But you're right. Now you've upped the ante. You've played your hand first and now I have to follow. (laughs) You really don't. You could just, you could be like, okay, you win this game. No gift for you. And then that'll be the end of it. That'll be the end of it. I'll have won the Christmas game forever. What's that? Gifting isn't supposed to work that way. (laughs) (laughs) How ironic. (laughs) Was that a thoughtful thing to do or a jerk thing to do? (laughs) In normal relationships, yes, it'll be a, a thoughtful thing to do. But for some reason, in our world, it's all a bit different. I'm not sure how to take that. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today. Was supposed to say my own name, Sir Michael. Wait, is it? Is it a dick move? I call myself Sir Michael. Michael, just Michael. Sir Michael and myself, Tingathy. We are a book club for games, but not today. Today. What is it? Today's like the Christmas special. It's the Christmas special of the podcast. It's the 2018 wrap-up, where we look back on 2018 and talk about all the disappointments, and probably triumphs too, but let's focus on the disappointments. So, we'll take a look back on what we've played in 2018. We'll look at some highlights. And we'll give out some meaningless awards. Let's get on with it. So for the last three years now, you've been compiling stats. Stats on what we've been playing. Yeah. From Steam, from PSN, and from Switch, friend profile thing. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but it's accurate enough. It's enough to give me an idea. So the first thing you asked me after I compiled these stats was... Did we play fewer games this year? It really feels like we played fewer games this year. I can tell you that we've played more. That genuinely surprises me. That actually really genuinely surprises me. I feel like we just haven't. What's changed is I think we're playing more games, but for a short amount of time. Have we done fewer book club games this year? Maybe. No, I'm not sure we've even done that. No, we've done more. (laughs) Well, I guess it just goes to show the human memory is trash. This is why I do this. It's always fun to see how bad your memory is. I'm like, I didn't play anything this year, but what about this? Oh yeah, I played that. And what about that? Oh, I guess I played that one as well. Everything was bad. No, actually, that was good. (laughs) So last year we saw PUBG, Super Mario Odyssey, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And, I don't know, for yourself, Binding of Isaac, maybe. I did play a lot of Binding of Isaac last year, yeah. I remember I was just coming home from work and then just playing a run of it, like, every day, just to try and switch my brain off. This year, we don't have as many of those titles. We do have some, obviously. I mean, big hitters this year were, I think, Slay the Spire. Yeah, Slay the Spire took the place of Binding of Isaac as my wind-down, play-for-30-minutes-to-an-hour game. But then besides that, it was the book club games that took our time, I think. 
prey, minute, torment, tides of Numen era. I find it funny that you put minute in that list because minute was really short. I don't know why I put minute in that list now. Compared to the other ones it's sharing space with. Prey, I certainly put a good chunk of time into because of the expansion pack as well. And Torment... Torment was long. (laughs) And it wasn't that... fulfilling. But I think we're going to talk about that another time. Yes. I think I'll put Minute down here, I hope, because of the number of achievements that can be got from it. Oh yeah, you're all about the achievements. And I did get a lot of achievements in Minute. Probably all of them. Yeah, quite possibly. I also noted down a bunch of games you didn't... I don't feel you talked about in 2018, but you played them. I feel like we have this conversation every year, because you always dump down this list of games like, oh, and you played these games, but we didn't talk about them. And like, oh yeah, they're just multiplayer games that we play at the gaming meetup. Can you confirm that? So, for a number of them, for example... Gang Beasts, Move or Die, Ultimate Chicken Horse. Yes, those are all multiplayer games. For the others, like Ashes of the Singularity and Beat Hazard, that is due to the Steam Spring Cleaning event, where it was like, hey, play these games that you just never played before. And I was like, oh yeah, fine, I should play them. Seven Days to Die was actually with the PUBG squad, because we went through a period of just having had enough of PUBG, but we were still kind of getting together every weekend to play some stuff. So Seven Days to Die was one of those multiplayer, let's play it together kind of games. We did some on stream. It was kind of okay, but not life-changing. I mean, some ones that are on this list that I did play that we probably could have talked about more at length that aren't just, you know, oh, I played it at the gaming meetup. Into the Breach and Vermintide 2. I guess those are both games that are really good, but they just didn't quite cross the threshold into becoming a game I regularly played. So, Into the Breach... I'm pretty sure we did talk about Into the Breach a bit. It's the follow-up game from the people who made FTL. I think, if not for Slay the Spire... It probably would have been the game I played just to wind down for 30 minutes to an hour. But it came out around the same kind of time and I just thought Slay the Spy was better. I didn't think Into the Breach was a game you could play for half an hour and wind down. No. I heard it was quite tough. Maybe for mere mortals. (laughs) Your expression right now. (laughs) Because you can't even tell if I'm joking. (laughs) I didn't play that far, so I played one run of it. I think it's a game that's as hard as you make it, so you don't have to go and do all the islands. You can stop playing after like fewer islands to make the game easier for yourself. For example, there's different squads you can play as. Some of them are fiddlier than others in terms of their mechanics, so I was only playing as the first squad, which is the most straightforward. And... It's a tactical, turn-based RPG. I've played a lot of those. So, I don't know. I didn't find it that difficult. Because 
there's very little randomness to it. A lot of RPGs, you'll go to hit someone and the damage you do, or whether you'll hit them at all, it'll just give you a percentage chance into the breach. You know exactly what's going to happen. It will tell you, if you do this action, you will do this much damage. Or if you can move here, you will take this much damage. So you know exactly what's going to happen. And it means you can really just think all the repercussions through. And you don't have to worry about like the dice going against you. The only random element is actually in your favour. Where when you're going to take damage, there's a chance that you just won't take damage instead. So the only randomness is actually an element that helps cover up when you did make a mistake yeah it's definitely a game that i could have put a lot more time into but i didn't i just played through one run and then i went back to slay the spider <laughs> vermintide 2 it's a game that on paper i should really enjoy it's kind of like a high fantasy left for dead well it's a sequel to like a high fantasy left for dead right so it's in the Warhammer, like, end times kind of universe. Four of you in a squad. You choose a character. They've all got different abilities. You can unlock new equipment. But we've just never, again, quite managed to cross that critical, like, barrier that makes it a regular game for us. So it just kind of faded out. And we just carried on playing PUBG. Wayless PUBG than 2017, though but still quite a lot. Any surprises from yourself? Um, not really. I just re- I recall that I played some games with trading cards. <laughs> what? So Half-Life 2, Total War games. I played them for the trading cards. I think we did mention that earlier in the year, and I was just as surprised then as I am now. I'm surprised we never mentioned A Way Out, because you played that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to play it with April. Your wife. Yeah. And? I don't... It's kind of ham-fisted in how it does the the co-op segments. What is unique about it is that it it does it. It just does it and it doesn't care. And it's tried to build a narrative around it. And it's not very good, but it... You know, normally you have these co-op segments and they're very short and they're one-offs, but it's a game full of them. And this thing sold a million copies. It's by the same team that did Brothers. Yeah. So it's just like a higher budget, fully 3D version of that, in a way. I've not played Brothers. Okay. But is Brothers co-op only? Yeah, you always have to play as both Brothers. Well, you can play it single player and you just control one brother each. So the left stick controls one brother and the right stick controls the other. So I, I play through Brothers on my own. Is a way out more complex? Like you literally need a full controller each? You need a full controller each. Mm, Okay, so I guess it's more of an evolution of the formula then. Doesn't seem very evolved to me. (laughs) Sick burn. Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you took two gamers and you took on that game, you'd polish it off in seconds. Oh, not in seconds, like very quickly. Because they're all mechanics you've seen before. You know, you both push the L2 and R2 button together to push the door. Or, you know, L2, R2, L2, R2 to climb up a, a wall. And for whatever reason, you have to do it together at the same time to get up quicker. You know, because at some point you have to have a... There has to be a synchronization point somewhere between the two players. Am I missing out having not played it? No. 
Okay, then I probably won't bother. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad game. It did sell a lot. I know it got critical acclaim. Did it come out this year? I think so. We got, we got it pretty soon. Jeez, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff now I can't comprehend it anymore. We had a short discussion because I like to track game completion because that's something I've tried to do more recently. And we had a short discussion about what it means to be completed because... What does it mean to finish a game? This is a thing that has come up time and time again with us. When we did the top 100, are we qualified episode, which we still have to do the second part of, we had a similar discussion there about whether we'd finished a game that we were talking about. And I think we came to an agreement that there were some games that like couldn't be finished. Like, can you finish Tetris or can you finish Minecraft? And then some of them, you know, it's debatable. Like, oh, if you kill the Ender Dragon in Minecraft, is that finishing Minecraft? But then I would also kind of argue, well, for me, that's not really what Minecraft's about. So I would argue maybe you can't finish Minecraft. I don't know. But you did kill the Ender Dragon. I did. But it was pointless. Of all the things I did in Minecraft, I think it was one of the ones that I enjoyed the least. But because it comes up every year, because I'm playing it every year, The Binding of Isaac. Have I finished The Binding of Isaac? Have I not finished The Binding of Isaac? You know, I've just given myself a tick and said I finished it because of all the main paths through the game that have a major boss like, you know, question mark, question mark, question mark, or Delirium or the Lamb or Mega Satan or Hush or whatever. So all of these major bosses, I have successfully done runs that have killed them, but I haven't 100%ed the game. I haven't you know, finished the post-it, as they say, for every character. I definitely have not got every item. Haven't done all the challenges. So if that's your criteria, I'm probably still about 900 hours away from finishing the game. That's the, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so I think our criteria for what counts as completed is a little bit woolly, but I think we're scoring ourselves and... Yeah, I like to think I'm taking a position that's defensible. To give an example of something that's a bit on the fence, Stars in Shadow, where I said I finished a game of it. I didn't actually finish the game. I just stopped playing because it was like three or four in the morning. But I had gotten to a point where it would be, inverted commas, trivial to finish the game. Like I was the strongest power in the galaxy. So if everyone else in the galaxy ganged up on me at once, it would be a fair fight. And so... I kind of think I'd finished it, right? But I didn't actually follow through and grind it out for the next few hours. I didn't say I'd finished it, but arguably I could have said I had. But then again, I actually don't know. Maybe there's some crazy event that happens in Stars and Shadow and I would have just got steamrolled by some other faction that just appears or something, like the Crisis in Stellaris. So I didn't give myself a tick. Oh, you didn't? I didn't. Yeah, I removed the completed from that one. See, I'm fair. That is fair. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised I wasn't inflating my score. What do you think of me, Ting? I'm disgusted. Are you? Like, obviously, you can tell I'm the kind of person who likes to keep notes, keep track of things like this. And there are gamers who do that. Do you? Keep notes in what sense? Like, um, maintain your backlog, have a spreadsheet of your games. No. <laughs> who 
does that? Who does that? Well, other than you, of course. Well, I have you to do this for me. Why would I bother? No, I've never really kept track. I really should do. But why? What should do? Well, as evidence of my backlog slash game library in general just growing totally out of control, I think if I was more systematic about tracking what I was playing or what I had left to play, it wouldn't be so out of control. But still, here we are. I do take notes about the games I play now. I never used to. But since we've been doing the book club, I do sometimes just jot down in like OneNote or Google Docs some thoughts about the game as I'm playing it, just in case we need to discuss it in the future. And it is also quite funny to look back and see what I thought about the game initially, because, you know, the way you feel about a game at the beginning is often very different to how you feel about it at the end. There's so much when you're new to a game, so much of your mental bandwidth is taken up by just literally mechanically playing the game and then by the end all those things like fall by the wayside and you appreciate the game in a totally different way i don't know it's quite interesting anything else you wanted to add on the list no not especially any other call outs from you yes but from a more high level so this list is to all depend on online tracking tools has there been anything that's off off the grid if you will that I've missed. So the main things you've missed are the non-computer games. The only one I think that's worth mentioning is the Arkham Horror card game. So I finally got around to playing the Arkham Horror card game. So I think we've mentioned in the past the Arkham Horror board game, which I bought a copy of because we were trying to go on some board game binge. And it was this Oh, geez, I don't, what's the word? It's like, I guess it's Cthulhu Mythos, so it's meant to be like this brain-bending horror, but the rule set is the brain-bending horror. It's not like, here's the rules, do this, do this, do this. It's just like, it tells you these standard, you know, five phases or something of the turn, but there's so many, like, addendums or exceptions or extra things you might have to do, depending on the situation of the game, that it's almost worthless, and you end up, playing the game and then realizing you forgot to do this particular strange mechanic that only applied if you had this particular card or this particular character playing and it's like oh well the game's just wrong now what do we do so the board game is this exercise in like brain melting frustration the card game is really good it's way better than the board game it's really interesting so that's something i played i guess off grid that was surprisingly good I'm not sure we really want to go into it in great detail now, but suffice to say, there are deck building aspects of it, which I guess I was enjoying because of my Slay the Spire deck buildingness. And it kind of plays more like an RPG than the board game. And there's still this element of exploration and adventure. Again, more so than the board game. It just seems to be somehow a better game all round. And yet, it's all coming out of these decks of cards. It's really surprising. Are there booster packs involved? It's not a collectible card game. So it's very much you buy the set, you have to build your deck, but you're building it out of this same set of cards. It's not like you have to buy booster packs and you might find a rare card that will really buff your deck. It's very much, no, these are the cards you're allowed to build your deck from. There are expansion packs, but 
they are expansion packs in the old school sense of you know like the gaming world like diablo and then diablo 2 lord of destruction kind of expansion packs it's like new areas and new scenarios they're not like terrible microtransaction roll the dice loot boxes so i approve gets thumbs up from me i guess we can move on I don't know what the, what is this section like. The story of 2018. 2018 highlights. What do you have to say about 2018? Was it a good year for you? A bad year for you? Just another year. Just another year. Another mark on the wall. Another step towards the grave. Sorry, I don't know why I'm being so depressing. I'm all about the process. It's just another year. <laughs> I'm all about the process. The destination's not important. It's the journey that counts. You're so disgustingly saccharine ting. How do you how do you get by in the morning? How do you manage to brush your teeth without like sorry. It's all part of the process. <laughs> oh god, I stepped into that one. So we started the year with Global Game Jam. And our amazing game Rocket Lag. <laughs> wow. What happened? So that inspired us to build something of our own? Or even at least start thinking about it. Every year, Global Game Jam happens. And I sit down in front of Unity and I think, oh, I should, I should really have done some practice. And then I have to spend, you know, the first day trying to remember how to Unity again. And then the second day is just frantically trying to like cobble together some dumpster fire of like random code snippets to try and make some kind of game. And this year was no exception. <laughs> it's funny though, because we did recently say we're changing up the book club for the next year of the podcast. So we said we're going back to like quick look and we're going to try and do some shorter games or at least not necessarily devote so much time to each game to try and free up some time to do some coding. I would say that so far... This isn't working out too well for me. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a deadline kind of guy or someone who works better under pressure than under freedom. But because the deadline to hand in my Super Mario Bros. 3 homework has just been at least a couple of months away, I haven't done any of my (laughs) Super Mario Bros. 3 homework. Like, I played it before. So I kind of vaguely know what it's about anyway, but I haven't really played any on the Switch. I played like five minutes of it. I mostly played it actually straight after Super Mario Brothers, just to try and tell if the physics were the same as I remembered. And SMB3 does play much more like my conception of what a Mario game should play like than SMB1. Still. So I've played very little of that. And on the coding front, well... Do you want, why don't you say what you've done on the coding front first? I want to say I've not, I've not done that much better than you. 
I think you've done way better than me. You actually sent me a WhatsApp video that you'd recorded off your screen showing the Unity platformer tutorial and you had got the character from that firing out a grappling hook and, you know, you'd made a grappling hook in that game. I was impressed. It was a janky mess. (laughs) It was reassuringly janky. It was good. I have no idea how to get it to unjank it. That's the problem. Well, you impressed me. And I took on another tutorial and I had another sprite which wasn't so complicated. I managed to get that working so it's a worm that will grapple properly. But that's it. That's all I have. That's the start. I mean, after I saw that... I thought, okay, wow, I should really get going on this. So I fired up Unity. I opened up the platformer tutorial and I just looked at it. And I was just like, like my brain actually like crashed. I was just staring at it and staring at it and staring at it. And I was like, I don't know what any of this is. So much stuff has changed in Unity, I think, since I last actually really tried to do anything. And there was all this stuff about like, color grading and like cinemachine or something like all of these like extra kind of libraries and things for doing all i don't know my brain just literally shut down in panic i just like stared at it i tried playing the game so i played like through the tutorial and was like well this is kind of like a mediocre platformer and yet it has all this stuff in it what are the chances i can actually make anything remotely good and yeah, my brain just like shut down in absolute panic. I, I literally have done nothing. Sorry. But do you think you'll do something in the future? Or is that it? I hope so. <laughs> really better. Otherwise, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, I think I thought that starting from the tutorial might be easier than starting from a blank slate, especially since I saw that you had done that and made that grappling hook. But... I think I might try starting from a blank slate instead now, just because it's too terrifying to contemplate. Also, I think that platformer is more in like the Rayman style of platformer. And I I still really want to make a Mario Brothers very block-based platformer. So, I don't know. I think I might be better off starting from scratch. That might just be my excuse. Still disappointing progress so far it's fine it's fine we've got the whole next year to sort this out let's see if we've made anything by the end of next year i've seen how unity could support your approach so we can do it where have you seen that how it does all the colliders and rigid bodies there's an option to say i don't know what the body type is but you can just change the body type to say hey i'm gonna do my own physics here We shall see. So what happened with PUBG this year? I guess we never really resolved it on the podcast, but I think at the end of 2017, at some point I said, enthusiastic amateur, right? A thousand hours of PUBG. Let's be an enthusiastic amateur. Because I can't do 10,000 hours, but maybe I can do a thousand. So I'm probably at about 600 now because it's, 570-80-ish on the main game and about 20 to 30-ish on the test server. So 600-ish. I think my PUBG abilities kind of peaked about 400 hours, I think. that, And that would have been March, April this year. So 
we didn't mention it on the podcast, but I did actually get to top 1%, in fact, top half a percent. So for the Asia region, first person duos, me and my duos partner, we got to like 0.3 something percent. Now, it's not as impressive as it sounds because (laughs) the PUBG ranking system is garbage and you can literally just grind for rank. So a lot of that rating was just because we just kept playing. We were playing every day and it's literally just where are you on the bell curve? And if you keep playing, your score just keeps going up. And so you just get further and further and further to the right of the bell curve kind of thing. I can still respect that. You can still respect that. I was just throwing my life away on PUBG. So both duos and squads, we basically got, you know, within the top half a percent. My duos ranking was better than my squads ranking. But yeah, we, we got pretty good. And I think the last PUBG video you made, I think that was probably from around the time when I was good. So there's just lots of clips of me just annihilating whole squads single-handedly and stuff definitely not that good now it's surprising how the game changes in subtle ways and how your skills degrade quite quickly and we are absolute rubbish now like we are just so bad i'm literally back to omg a person and i just like spray my gun straight up into the air and then they just shoot me so we don't play as much anymore. We generally only play weekends now. And I guess we're very slowly getting it back. We're very slowly learning the new like gun feel and like different recoil and everything. So yeah, improving again, but at a much slower pace. Is Blackout out of the picture now? I am just bad at Blackout. I just don't know how to play Blackout. So... Yeah, we're kind of playing both. We went through a few months of playing just Blackout. Now the new snow map has come out for PUBG, and so we've actually played PUBG again recently. The snow map is really good, incidentally. I actually think they've really nailed it. It's funny, though, because I'm not sure it was a good idea to release so many maps at all, but, you know, it's the direction they've gone in. Releasing new maps for Battle Royale is really asking for trouble because you have to find a hundred people to start the match. And when you've got this many maps, you're just splitting the community. It's a weird choice. You know, if you look at Fortnite, they have only one map and they keep things fresh by changing that map up every season. PUBG just keeps releasing new maps and then it becomes harder and harder to find a hundred people to play on that map. So not sure it's the wisest decision. But the new map is good. It's kind of the nice sweet spot between the condensed madness of the Sandhawk small map and the wide open find a car or its running simulator giganticness of Irangle or Miramar. Plus, there's the interesting new mechanic of footprints in the snow. So a few times now, we've come up to a compound and be like, okay, we've got to check if there's anyone in here. It's like, there's someone in here. I can see footprints. And it's very interesting because they're subtle enough that you can't just really obviously see them. But if you're looking for them, then you can notice them. So you can 
tell if someone's in the building because you'll see footprints leading up to the building or you can track people you'll see a crate and you'll know the crate's been looted and you can track the person who looted the crate by following their footsteps which is a great way to get domed with an m24 but still so still playing it but super cash now what happened to you do you have no exciting slash boring slash interesting news what happened to your year? I, well, hmm. I don't know. Gaming wise, I, I followed your. I followed. I followed you. So you're still just all about the journey. Yeah. No major milestones. Gaming wise, uh, I can tell you the stuff I missed, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Okay. I've been grinding way through Borders Gate Two still, but we can talk about that. Oh, it's. It's a long game, you're right. I think... I was going to say I think you're near the end, but I'm not sure. <laughs> when you finally finish it, maybe we should talk about it again. We've been talking about it basically every year of this podcast. <laughs> I think at some point I had the vanilla original, and then I decided to start again with the enhanced edition. I think with the combined time, I would have finished it by now. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Away from the games, I changed jobs. So did I. So we had quite a lot of change there, I guess. We used to both work at the same company, and now we don't, basically. So logistically, meeting up for lunch is much harder now than it used to be. <laughs> it was too easy before. Too easy? Oh, okay. No, I mean, it was really hard to say no. It's like, <laughs> I'll cancel the meeting, I'll be late for the meeting, I don't care. What are you trying to say? Like, you really wanted to not have lunch with me, but you had no choice. <laughs> no, this, you, you were the better option, I guess. Has there been a decline in the quality of the show notes, do you think? Thing is, we can't discuss it as much. This year has been the year of raising a baby, for me. So that's where most of my time's gone. Yeah, I forget. My sense of time is so messed up now. I think that's the real thing that's happened this year like i don't know if it's because i changed job or i don't know if it's just because i'm getting older or i don't know if it's just because like changes in my social circle or whatever but yeah my sense of time this year is very skewed there are things that feel like they happened a long time ago like more than a year ago but they were actually just this year and then at the same time it feels like this year has just like gone like where did the year go it feels like it was january and now suddenly it's december like i couldn't tell you what the hell happened this year? It, it's just, it's been a strange year. And yeah, you've been raising a daughter. And yet in my mind, she's way older than she actually is. Yeah. But she's actually still, yeah, very, very young. And that's obviously changed your life a lot. I guess, I mean, on my side, I don't have to work as much as I used to. I used to have to work really quite punishing hours and now I don't and it's really confusing me because I'm like I can just go home I don't have to like work another three hours you know like and yet I somehow haven't played any more games <laughs> maybe that's a good thing maybe I've been doing other stuff I don't know yeah I don't know but yeah my life has been different too I'm 
living some I don't know what is it it's actually almost like a caricature of a startup rather than a startup there's free coffee there's small dogs to pet there's like casual clothes and yet I don't know it's a strange place slow moving it's more fun and yet it's kind of just as frustrating (laughs) but you know that's serious business so let's put that to one side I feel prey took up a lot of my year for some reason it has it's had a lasting impact on my year did you play it that much your playthrough took a long time actually yeah I'm actually just staring off in the distance with my mouth open while I just recall how long you played Prey. Because you took twice as long as me to finish it. I had to build a lifestyle around Prey to get there. Genuinely, don't quite understand why it took so long, but maybe it was all the context switching. Yes. With PS4, you just have, was it suspend? Yeah. You can just suspend the game and then just you're in there instantly. You don't have that with Prey. On PC. Yeah. You just get an SSD and it's close enough. Do you have an SSD? I feel I moved it to the SSD towards the end. You know, actually it's funny, because I had forgotten what it was like to play a game that wasn't on SSD. I finally ran out of space on SSD, and I installed the PUBG test server on my hard drive, like old school hard drive. It was so bad. It was literally taking like minutes to load the game. And I was like, what's going on? Has it crashed? No, it's just taking several minutes to load the game. So if you were playing Prey from an old school hard drive, that probably accounts for like most of the time it took anyway. I really enjoyed Prey. I was surprised how good it was. And I was also totally surprised that it was like Deus Ex. I thought it was like a survival horror kind of game. So maybe they really screwed up the marketing. I mean, I know that's a recurring theme, but people say, why did Prey flop? Although I'm not sure it really flopped. It just didn't do as well as it probably deserved to do. Especially at the beginning. You you don't want to call out a particular game for 2018 in terms of whatever relationship you had with it in the same way you had it with PUBG. Well, I think it was still PUBG. PUBG was still the go-to default multiplayer game. Slay the Spire became my new, I just want to play a game that is engaging, but I don't have to... We talked about this before, but like the way I like to play games, like if it's a story-heavy game, I like to really invest in that game, and I like to play it for like significant chunks. Or I like to feel like I'm paying attention to the game and if I don't feel in the right frame of mind to do that then I just won't play it and a game like Slay the Spire or Binding of Isaac or you know other games of this ilk like in the past it's been FTL or whatever those games are perfect because they're engaging and fun but they don't have that like deep narrative that I feel like I have to really engage with and play like multiple hours or be like really switched on and focusing on the story and on the game like the whole experience so yeah maybe no new change for this year maybe maybe that's a disappointment I don't know it was a year of change and yet it was a year of no change (laughs) 
You're looking frustrated and pained. We don't do year of disappointments. <laughs> we don't do <laughs> or disappointment. For you, it's multiple, but years of disappointment. <laughs> I I don't know. Also, if it's just an age thing, but my brain feels like it's full now. Maybe it is because you know changing job and other stuff, and it's just like a new environment and new things to learn and everything. But my brain feels full. This is a sad statement to make. No, it's fine. It's been your life work to get it full. <laughs> trying to put a positive spin on it. Oh dear, the troubles of being a grown up. Now you're you're complete. Now I'm complete. <laughs> I don't know if it's a positive thing or not. <laughs> it's a positive thing. I think the rule should be: if you don't know, it's a positive thing. Okay. Okay. So, I think the one last statement then for looking back on 2018 why are we still doing the podcast we're still doing this podcast and i made this comment to you that like saying we're going to write an app or saying we're going to write a game it's like having a gym membership you know it's like saying oh yeah i have this gym membership i could go and work out and become fit you know it's like oh i'm a programmer i could write a game i could write an app i've got unity i've got you know android sdk or something but we never do it, right? The podcast is kind of like having a PT, a personal trainer. It's got a schedule. You've got to get it done and get the episode out. You know, you've paid for this trainer. You've got to go and do your session with this trainer. It's it's just some cost fallacy. <laughs> but I think the podcast has been good and continues to be a useful outlet you know, for that slightly more creative thing to do. And the fact that, you know, we try and keep it to an episode every two weeks means we actually do it. Unlike my Unity dev. It's more agile. Can I say that? Or am I just bastardizing the word like everyone else? What does agile mean anymore? It's just so devalued. We're just, we're just going to invent a new word soon because agile has become so meaningless. What's more agile than agile? <laughs> it's going to be contortionist. We're going to do like contortionist dev. It's like agile is fun, but you need to tie yourself in knots. That's the real future of development. Doesn't really mean the same thing. I know parkour, parkour dev. It's like, yeah, your devs are not really doing their best unless they're jumping over great hurdles. They're risking their lives to get things done on time. Is that a good analogy? Yes. Okay. I'm glad you liked it. I pulled it out of my ass. Well, you know, like everyone else. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks. Lastly, Q fanfare. <laughs> Meaningless Awards 2018. Disclaimer. My choices are just weird and dumb. Like, I looked at this list of categories and I just felt nothing. I just, I just didn't feel strongly about any of them and so I just picked some stuff <laughs> but I think like last year I felt really passionately like PUBG 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 right and then this year I'm just like uh don't know fine you offer a balanced view on all the you know in a world of hype everything to the max we have Mike just downplay it all yeah 
It was all right. Nothing special. I'm not even sure why we're doing this. <laughs> we got a schedule, man. We got to keep the schedule. <laughs> Enjoy Do- the processing. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Do you feel passionately about these? Do you feel passionately about these games? There's only one that I feel passionately about. I think I'm just too old to be passionate anymore. Oh, that's sad. That's sad thing. But, no, I have, I have this connection to them, okay? I do have a connection. I feel I do think about them more than I should for an adult. That's rude. That's rude to a lot of people, that is. <laughs> That's rude to my own people, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean, your people? I do feel strongly about them. I, you know, if, if, I, if you put me on a desert island and you gave me these two, I'd play them. I'd finish them. Okay. Just don't have enough time. Well, let's start. Okay, best multiplayer game of 2018. I put Call of Duty Black Ops 4. It's a solid choice. And it's kind of a boring choice, but... (laughs) No, it's true. It's a good choice. I played a lot of Monster Hunter World this year. Did you? 45 hours. Really? I don't know how that happened, but I don't know how that happened either. But I'm a man of habit now. I like the comfort of COD. And they do it well. It's polished. And I don't have much time... This 10-minute game loop just works for me. Ah, uh, yes, because you're playing the traditional multiplayer on PS4. Yes. I mean, I have played this too, obviously. I've mostly been playing Blackout. It's kind of fun. I played the Zombies mode too, and... I guess it's kind of the multiplayer equivalent of, say, RDR2 or, you know, The Witcher 3 or one of these other innumerable games that I wanted to play but I have just never felt quite engaged enough to really play. And I think if I really engaged with, you know, Black Ops 4, I would probably really enjoy it. If I really, really, like, doubled down and said, no, this is going to be my multiplayer game, I probably could really get into it and then it would be my pick too. Things like Zombies Mode, if you asked me to list all the things that I say make a great game, I mean, the whole weird Easter egg hunt and all the secrets in Zombies, that's exactly what I always say games should have. That's exactly what I say I really like. And yet, it's just too much work and I just don't want to start engaging with it because I know it will be such a rabbit hole. So, yeah, it's a solid pick. Also, in a weird way, I'm playing these multiplayer games on my own. And I think in, in like two years' time when my life at home is more settled, it'll be more like a social affair. So you're just playing with randoms, you're not playing with... Randoms as well as... But there's little overlap with this time zone difference, where the UK just makes it hard. Yeah. And that, you know, that's another level of commitment. You see Kevin, how he's grinding. Oh, jeez. 
yeah, Monster Hunter, Kevin, yeah. he's played, how much has he played? 400 something hours? 450? 405. Because he's trying to get the platinum for Monster Hunter. What a madman. What's the point? Who cares if you got a platinum? I certainly don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was <it's> too judgmental. <laughs> you care for the trophies too? I think I care for the trophies as just something to do. But again, I have like this... It's, like, it's literally like a bullshit filter, right? So if it's like, do this thing, I'll be like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll try playing that way. That'll be fun. But if it's like, grind 600 hours to get this thing, I'm just like, no, F you. <laughs> like, it's not worth it. It's disappointing, I guess, for me that I didn't engage more with Monster Hunter. But I guess it's a similar problem. I could just see it was too much and i just i just didn't want to start maybe i just got fear of commitment maybe that's my problem let's not go there so your choice so in the show notes i have written no man's sky it actually works now i'm not sure why i picked this that's a bad statement to make i picked this because i didn't feel like i should pick pubg again and I still enjoy PUBG more than Black Ops 4, so I didn't feel I should pick that. And then I thought, what else did I play this year that was actually fun? And surprisingly, I think it was No Man's Sky. It was still pretty shallow, to be honest. And we didn't play it that much. But that time we did play it, before we realised how shallow it was, when it felt like we had the whole universe to explore together that was actually really fun when we were all like huddling together in our tiny shack that we'd built on you know frozen hell world and we're like oh please can you give me some sodium i'm gonna freeze to death it was like oh okay i'll save you and you know it was fun but short-lived next up best game no-brainer for me. Red Dead Redemption 2. How much of it have you played? According to the full progression checklist, I'm on 25%. Okay, so more than me, but not a huge amount. But I haven't played much of the campaign story. Oh, okay, so you just played a lot, but you just haven't been following... Yeah. So I'm still, I'm towards the end of chapter 2 now. It's Cowboy Simulator, and I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing for you... Or other people, but for me, it's perfect. I really like having lots of things. Like I, I just have a, I maintain a list of things I need to do, and I just like getting on with it. Were you really into the Wild West as a kid? Like, do you really like watching cowboy movies or you know spaghetti westerns or whatever? Nope. I like the game. I like the narrative. I'm neutral to the setting because I see it as the story arc of Dutch. Hmm. And this gang, you know, this band of brothers. Oh, I say brothers. Ooh, this is what happens. 
Oh, is this a good <laughs> Spoilers. Is, Sorry. Is this, is this spoilers? I actually don't know. I don't know. Just your reaction that yeah. made me think, what? It can't go well, right? It's, <laughs> I don't feel it can. Okay, I have no idea. And all the gaminess behind it. I haven't played it enough to say it's my best game of the year. Have I played anything enough to say it's my best game of the year? I mean, I'm probably being too harsh as well, because like maybe I should have said like Prey was my best game of the year, because it probably was my best game that I played this year. But it didn't come out this year, and for some reason I've decided to not do that this time. So so you've decided that yourself. That's not a restriction. Yeah, I've inflicted this upon myself. So there were a whole bunch of games that came out this year that maybe should be in this spot. But I either didn't play them or didn't play them enough. And I have just arbitrarily given this to Smash Brothers Ultimate because I'm enjoying it way more than I thought I would. I remember saying to you last time, oh, I'll buy it because I feel like I have to. Like, I'll play it, but I won't enjoy it. But actually, I'm really enjoying it. Are you going to buy Mario Party 10 because you have to? Is it Mario Party 10? Super Mario Party. Super Mario Party. Are you going to buy Super Mario Party because you have to? I can tell you that I have bought it to give to someone else for Christmas. So I have bought it, but not for myself. I'm glad that I've already received my gift for this year. (laughs) Why were you worried that you might receive it? I've never played a Mario Party game. I have literally no idea what they're like. I feel that's a gift you buy for someone you hate. Oh, jeez. I'm kind of scared of giving this to the person. Thanks, Tim. You've, you've really made me <laughs> quite concerned now. Why? <laughs> because it's... It takes no skill. You know, there's... Is it is it the one with the, the final rounds and the, the stars are reassigned to people and you can lose by RNG? I know nothing about Mario Party. Just, I heard it was a fun party game and loads of people were raving about it. It takes two to four hours to lose. I'm wondering now if I should buy this person a different game and I can give this one to you for your birthday. <laughs> if you gave someone the choice of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate or this, surely there's only one choice. Why didn't you get them Smash Brothers? Because you hate them. I just don't know them that well. I'm kidding. Fine. A gift is a gift. They should be grateful. I just thought it might be a fun game we could all play together at Christmas. They just bought a Switch. The only other game I know they have is Pokemon Let's Go. So I wasn't sure how hardcore a game they wanted. And I was pretty sure they wouldn't have this. Whereas I thought there was probably quite a high probability that they would have some of the other You Must Own This Game games on the Switch. Like Smash Brothers, Breath of the Wild... Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart, etc. So you'll be playing Mario Party over the Christmas holidays? Well, I'll be bringing my Switch too. So we will be able to play Mario Kart and Smash Brothers and whatever. But Mario Party's on the list. Mario Party's on the list. Please so- play it. Please play it. You've not played any. Please play some. And I'll be like, this game is trash. Why would you waste two to four hours of your life on this game? Is that what you're expecting? Hopefully. Okay. I'm hoping for some hilarious story. Yeah, we'll come out. so I've been disowned. <laughs> it's like so I no longer speak to my family because I crushed them all. 
We didn't say why I liked Smash Brothers Ultimate so much. So why do you like Smash Brothers Ultimate so much? It's just surprisingly good fun. It's actually just really good fun. And the thing I was most concerned about, that it would be a massive chore to unlock all the characters, it's totally not. They're just throwing characters at you, like, left, right, and center. Like, every time you, like, change game mode, it's like, oh, unlock another character. Here comes a new challenger. So the thing I was most worried about turned out to not be an issue. Again, it's just been good fun to just play for a bit and not worry too much about being really invested in this game. I haven't even unlocked Isabel yet. Are you playing the... World of Light? Yeah, I have been playing World of Light. But sadly, I didn't take the route that is fastest to unlock Isabel. I remember at the gaming meetup, we were having a chat and like, who's everyone maining in Smash Brothers? And someone else said Isabel. I was like, hands off, bitch! Isabel's mine! But you didn't really say that. No, I just thought it. I wouldn't really say it because we can all play as Isabel. But there's only one true Isabel. <laughs> it's probably not me, let's be honest. So next up is Mist in 2018. I put down God of War. Again, a solid choice. This was the game of the year at the VGAs. Is that right? Yeah, it was. Well, it's the Game Awards now. Oh, sorry. Well, regardless, it was the game of the year at them. I played the old Game of Game of Wars. I played the old God of Wars. I'm not sure why I didn't play this. I'm still not sure. I haven't got time. It's a shame. I've just had to be that selective. I've never played any of the God of War games, which is why I was not so hyped for this. And yet, I can see that if I had played the God of War games, or themed around Greek mythology, and then suddenly, curveball, we get this new one, themed around Norse mythology, and this completely new story and a completely new take on Kratos and again like child mining simulator whatever or maybe just like incredibly bad parent simulator I don't know I don't think it's that bad I think it's you know if it's winning awards I'm sure it's quite sensitive to the father-son relationship no I know it must be it must be genuinely good right (laughs) I'm being flippant so yeah I don't know, it's just on the backlog. Just along with everything else. If you don't buy it, there's no commitment. You know, we both agree on that. Although you buy it, it's okay. If you don't install it, there's no commitment from you. I really need to do something about this. (laughs) And yours? So my missed in 2018? Just everything. Just seriously, I just feel like I missed everything. I missed God of War. I missed Assassin's Creed. I missed Celeste. I like, I missed all the games that everyone was talking about. My 
individual pick, seeing as I probably can't really say everything, Detroit become human. Again, this is a totally weird left field pick, but I can't imagine myself feeling like I want to play it. This is really sounding really weird now, but when I watched a short snippet of someone playing it, just like playing the first story mission, yeah, it was like, oh, I do want to play this game. I remember, I remember mentioning last year and putting it on, you know, my list of games I wanted to play in 2018. And yeah, I do really want to play it. And I know I want to play it having seen, you know, a very short snippet of someone playing it, but I just can't think whenever I'm going to play it. And I don't know, I just think it's a slightly more interesting one to pick because it's not one that you would play and it's not, you know, it didn't win all these awards but it did seem like an interesting game with an interesting story although maybe it's really derivative i don't know but that first mission seemed good finally honorable mention for absolutely any reason go Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Are you going to buy it? Nope. <laughs> so much content, though. All games should have this much content. It does have a lot of content. It's amazing how much it has. I was just shocked by like the number of stages and how detailed each stage is, all the music, all the characters. It's probably because... I just haven't really played all the intervening Smash Brothers. I mean, I had the Wii one, but I hardly played it. And so the last Smash Brothers I really played was the first one, the one on the N64. Because I missed the GameCube one, I missed the Wii U one, and I missed the 3DS one. So it's just constantly surprising me. Like, I played the classic mode as Kirby, and I expected the boss to be like the Master Hand. But it wasn't. It was actually like the final boss from Kirby Adventure. And I was just like, what? They just re-implemented this boss in 3D for Smash. Like, what? I don't know why I'm justifying this. This is your pick. <laughs> Please justify your pick. Thank you for justifying it. It's nostalgia done right. So what's yours? Mine is Deltarune, because I really do like Undertale. It was just such a surprise, it just came out of nowhere. Why didn't you switch this with Smash Brothers? Well, 
this isn't a full game, right? This is just a teaser. And I'm not choosing this so much for the game. I'm choosing this more for the circumstances around how it was released. Because literally nobody expected this to happen. The random Twitter thing, and then we thought it was going to be a Twitter poll, and then it was a survey program, which is already pretty sus, but then I don't think anybody expected pretty much, you know, a sequel or an AU or whatever it is of Undertale. I was likening it to the Rick and Morty Season 3 Episode 1 reveal, where they were like, hey... Rick and Morty comes out tomorrow, and it's like, oh yeah, that's April Fool's. Very funny. But then they really did come out tomorrow. And so, you know, when you're not expecting something, and it just smacks you in the face. And it was genuinely an interesting new take on Undertale with fantastic music. You know, I'm still listening to the soundtrack. So that's my honourable mention. That's it. And that's it. So, <laughs> so, ta-da, we finished. We finished. That's 2018 wrapped up. Or is it? We'll look forward to 2019 and have some other thoughts next time. But for the Christmas period, that's it. We're signing off. Bye-bye to 2018. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. On YouTube. Also as Lost Levels Club. On Reddit. Slash R slash Lost Levels Club. (laughs) I think that's it. On holiday. So, Michael, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful that I'm going on holiday. Duh. (laughs) I am flying back to the UK imminently for Christmas. So, goodness knows when this episode will be released. If it's released before Christmas, Merry Christmas. If it's released after Christmas, hope you had a Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas... Sorry I said the word Christmas so much. Have a good holiday. (laughs) So Michael says bye. Bye Bye-bye.